Hello, and welcome to Two Houses, a podcast about living with DID. My name is Elle. You haven't met me yet, but hello. And I'm here with Dimitri, who you also have not met. No. Nobody really meets me ever. Poor thing, you sound like Eeyore. (laughs) I don't think my voice fluctuates all that much. (laughs) So, yeah... We're, um, we're pals. Me and Dimitri are pals. And, uh, we have been set the task today to talk about the different, um, kind of classifications of alters. And I was kind of, like, singing about it because that's what I do is I just sing when I'm nervous. So I was, like, singing about how, you know, we fit neatly into little boxes, of course. I'm not gonna sing. I might end up singing, but not right now. And... The idea is, these are labels, right? And we all know that labels aren't necessarily 100% accurate and they don't fit everybody all the way. But, they're kind of like generalizations. So these are some classifications, some like, kinds of alters that you usually find in a system. Is it my turn? Is it? Sure, if you'd like. Alright. I know that sounded very... (laughs) Very rude, but it's fine. Just uh, we don't have a script that we go off of. We no. just wing it. So different types of alters in a DID system that you might find. You have your normies, and you have your persecutors. Well, let's go back to normies. What do you mean by that? Oh, you mean like uh, people not persecutors? Yes, those you are. Essentially, supposed to be able to just function. Okay, so apparently normal parts. So they're called like ANPs, right? Yes, I guess. <laughs> Not normies. I mean, call them what you want, really. Alright, well, I call them normies. Normies, the normal ones. Because I am far from normal. Uh, we also have your dramatized people. What is the emotional parts? Yes. The dramatized... Wow, I love the names you're giving them. So yeah, those would be EPs, emotional parts. These are like some classifications that are used in literature about DID, in um, like workbooks and like textbooks, that kind of thing. So they'll have ANPs, apparently normal parts, which can present as like normal, and then emotional parts, which hold like trauma and memories. But I like your words for it, too. The dramatized ones. The dramatized ones. <sighs> and uh, you can also have animal alters. Oh, yeah. Which is, you know, kind of why we are the ones doing this podcast. Trailing off of animals seems not correct, but we are non-human alters. Oh, yeah, that's true. And we won't go into the details of our existence and how we came to be. There's a reason. There's always a reason for every altar that exists. And some people might find that animal altars are a weird concept. Like, how is it that you can have an animal altar that may or may not front? And... There's a reason for that, and that is because a lot of times, as children, you know, this develops as we are in our younger years, and 
children only have so much information to go off of. So say they are in a abusive household that somebody is always coming at them and what they need in that moment is to feel safe and secure and bigger and better than what is happening to them. And in their minds, perhaps, for us, a wolf, a huge wolf, is what was needed for that. So we have an altar that is a wolf, and he is a protector. Yes, you do. I don't know if I explained that right. You actually explained <coughs> that so well that I'm in awe. Really? No, it was it was beautiful. It was effing beautiful. I was like, wow, you're so eloquent. This is cool. I'm usually eloquent. I know you are, and I'm usually not, and it's okay. We're still friends. <laughs> and as you can tell, that uh, I am British. Yeah. And I understand that I am... Not from England. I'm not from the UK. I am literally from a small state. But for some reason, this also can happen. Alters with different accents, different ethnicities, different orientations, orientations, genders, mm-hmm. ages, and it's a very wide spectrum of possibilities. Yeah, and you said ages, which I guess would bring me to um, child child <coughs> altars. Many, many systems will have at least one child altar. Um, it seems to be very commonplace in DID that there are child altars. A lot of times, I think, because this does form so early in life. And there are parts that... Um, don't merge to become one personality. So some of those traumatized people don't grow up. They're stuck in that trauma at age, you know, five or whatever. So child parts. And um, they're kind of interesting when they front, right? Oh, yes. I mean, it's, I mean, look at a child. Right. That's, what's, that's what you're looking at when a child is fronting, except... They may be in a 30-year-old body. Exactly. And they may not be aware that that's... No. Like our little. She tends to only want to be out when we're not in public, obviously. I mean, we don't usually let the littles out in public anyway. That's not really something covert. No, that wouldn't be keeping it a secret. (laughs) But she doesn't like... Becoming aware that she does not have a child's body. Yeah, that she's not closer to the ground. Yeah, she likes to be closer to the ground, for yeah, sure. Stuff like that. Um, and they they kind of they talk younger. Like you'll hear their voice and they'll sound younger, and they'll sometimes not be able to say words. You know, big words, or they they'll use words in the wrong way, just like a little kid would. And it's kind of interesting the way that works. Because they're, they're traumatized and they're stuck at an age where all of that stuff is appropriate to them. And then they never grew up. 
Yeah. It's kind of fascinating. Yes. So, it's you probably, went over... It's probably fascinating to watch, really. Maybe a little weird. Well, I think the first time you see it, you're kind of like, okay, this is interesting. And then you're kind of like, oh, okay, this is a child. Like, exactly. you, your brain catches up to it, and you're like, oh, I'm just dealing with a kid. Kids are fine. I get it. But the first time you see a child fronting in an adult body, you're like, this is weird. Meh. It's not that weird when you get used to it. Yeah, so it's just a normal day. It's a normal everyday day. Um, so we went over animal altars and child altars. <clears throat> I know there's a bunch that we kind of skimmed over in the past few um, episodes. I guess we could kind of bring it back to who we are. Ah, yes, you and me. So I skimmed over persecuted. You did mention it, and then I you backed it off, and I just threw it out there and threw it down <laughs> and walked away. Yes, you did. You dropped the mic. So we were once, possibly a smidge, still are a bit persecutors. Persecutors, which has a terrible ring to it, really. Yeah, it doesn't sound great. It doesn't. It doesn't Mm-mm. give me a good rep right now. No. <laughs> Quick, we've got to, like, redeem ourselves in the ears of the listeners. So, persecutors, part of the reason why they have a bad rep is because we, we haven't always done the best of things for no. the system. Which is also something that happens within systems because it is a form of protection mm-hmm. that is done. And at some point it becomes a very unhealthy form of protection. But if you're not updated on what is appropriate, if you're not caught up to date on the growth of the system, and even you may not want to even grow with the system. Mm-hmm. Because in my situation, it was very much like you give me shit to take and hold. And like take, memories. Like memories. <clears throat> and you want me to just freely give them up and heal and take care of it. It's almost offensive. And, you know, it's, it was very, it was very much like, no, back mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've reached a place in which I am comfortable with. And it doesn't involve me needing to do more than what I'm comfortable with. Yeah, it uh, works. So to some degree, we are <clears throat> retired persecutors. I mean, yeah, there's still part of me that wants to claim the full thing, you know, but uh, sabotaging us doesn't feel as good as it used to. One of the other parts of being a persecutor can include, like, self-harm, stuff like that, where you're actively, like, harming the system, you're harming the body, and a lot of times you know, people self-harm because... Well, plenty of reasons, but it's because of distress. So there's distress, there's trauma, there's memories, there's all this stuff, and it's acted out on the self, and that's considered a persecutor sort of action as well. But there are plenty of things that persecutors can do to kind of sabotage the system. And honest to goodness, most of the time, they don't realize that what they're doing is bad. So... When you sit down and talk to one, certainly if a therapist can, it's more likely that they'll start to see the error of their ways. Oh, the errors. Oh, the errors of my ways, yes. 
And, uh, you know, I take my role very seriously. But it has adapted and changed to what serves the system versus what is harmful to the system. Because, really, it is more beneficial for me to maintain some stability in the system than it is to sabotage it. Yeah, it just makes more sense, honestly. And that's not how I felt a few months ago. Things have gone pretty quickly in, like, my recovery from being a persecutor. But that happens when you have a good therapist. That happens when you're actively working on it. And, you know, things can shift. The DID system is not set in place. Things can be ever-changing. No, and I mean, that brings it back to the plain, simple concept is that we are all people. We're not mood states. We're not one feeling. We are individual people. I can be angry and I can be sad. I don't particularly portray the sadness very much, but so I would look like anger most of the time. Hmm. But other people, they can also fluctuate between depressed and happy. Or Anything in between. In between, yes. Because we're, we're not just one... One thing. Not one emotion. One emotion. No. We're not emotions. <coughs> it's not like the movie Inside Out. And um, I, myself, just as L, just as me, I've had a full range of emotions throughout my life, and I will continue to. And it is separate from everybody else's range of emotions inside. So, you know, it's kind of, like, complicated, really. But, you know, we make it work. You know, it's like singletons. I believe you, you know, you have your one self and your mood states to handle. Imagine having many selves with many mood states. Mm-hmm. Which can be in various places at any one time. It's very unlikely that everybody's going to be happy at the same time. I don't think that ever happens. <laughs> No. That's not happened for us. No. I don't think so. It doesn't work that way. But yeah. Um, what other ones? I mean, there's so many varieties. Well, why don't we go over the ones that were mentioned and just kind of like make sure they're in here. Like in this glossary <coughs> podcast. All right. So, um, Jesus mentioned that he's, like, an emotional protector. Yes. So, he's not a traumatized part. He's not an EP. Um, but he is an emotional protector. And, um, so, he's kind of, like, what some of the literature calls an internal self-helper. He assists with internal struggles and emotional crises and calms the system down. So that's kind of a really important role, for sure. Yes. Yeah? I would say so. And then you have your traumatized parts. Yeah. Traumatized people. Your emotional parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's so many kinds, though. Because there's so many different memories that people might be holding and emotions and stuff. Like, I am a persecutor. I am also probably an emotional part. Oh, I'm definitely an emotional part. I definitely hold stuff. Yep. So, 
Like, I know I hold stuff. Mm-hmm. My background would... Clearly... Clearly, I have issues. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I know. I know you do. <laughs> so, no one's arguing there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, so your emotional parts are those who really have taken the brunt of the abuse. Yeah. And it is very difficult for those parts to heal. It can happen. It can happen. And I know for us it's very difficult to to have those parts surface Mm -hmm. because most of our life we have to be able to function. And our job requires that we keep moving and keep a straight face. And the level of intensity and the fear that we have around completely falling apart is very stressful. Because that's what it feels like when they're they're out. It feels like it's never ending. Oh yeah, it's the end of the world. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. So, and we just haven't felt it's been safe or appropriate. No, and it often isn't, and that's why it's separated to begin with. That's why those parts are (coughs) separate with amnesia walls between them. So those memories and feelings and stuff are not accessed in everyday life because you need to function. Now, if you're like me, definitely a traumatized part, right? But, um, I mean, trust me, but, like, (laughs) I am also really good at being emotionally numb. So, uh, again, don't fall neatly into one category. No. I think you kind of do the same thing, though. For the most part. Yeah, you're pretty numb. I just... I suppose I just stay clear. But, yes, for the most part, I'm probably numb. Mm Mm-hmm. Perhaps that's what it is. Maybe. Or I just find it a nuisance. (laughs) Emotions are a nuisance. Well, that's... That's just a fact, yeah. Hmm. Okay. I feel like there's another one we forgot. Oh, yeah, hosts. So, Vader and Hikari are hosts. Yes. Uh, which basically means that they're running the show. And we all support them. Good for them. They're in charge. I don't want to be in charge. It's fine. God, could you imagine us in charge? I can imagine it, and it would be glorious. But that's okay. It is not to be. No, seriously, I wouldn't want to be in charge. It's it's a big job. I don't think we'd do anything. <laughs> like... Not we as in both of us, but, like, we as a system. Just because of my daily routine inside. Ah, yes. I literally sit and do nothing. Mm. I muse over things. Which we will get to in probably a soon podcast about the internal world and what happens in our head when we're not switched out, when we're not fronting. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. And uh, that's the thing. So, let me think. Persecutors, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's fronters. Oh, yeah. Deej described that pretty well. It's people who are kind of made to be really good at being social. Yes, okay. Yeah. So, got that covered. I mean, what else? Well, I mean, there's there's a big one. 
Oh, yes. That's the big one that we're going to gloss over because it requires an entire episode dedicated to it. But there is a type of altar called an introject. Introject. And that is a, an altar that is based on a real person out in the world. Now, this can be an abuser. It's kind of like if you don't have DID, but you had people telling you mean things when you were a kid, right? And you internalize that dialogue and you tell yourself those things even as an adult. It's kind of like that, only it's a person and they're actively wanting to abuse you still. It's, it's kind of really upsetting. Interjects can be on the, the side of not fun. And um, there are also interjects, potentially, of people who were kind. Like, um, a mother figure who was kind. And they're kind of more of a gentle, supportive, loving presence that is, like, the, the nice things that you remember being told as a kid if you happen to be told nice things. Anything you would add about that? <clears throat> is that anything I would add to interjects? No, I mean, we'll save that for its own individual podcast. But they are a thing, and they can be quite distressing. I think that coming up on ending this episode, or whatever, it is to say that all altars, whether you can comprehend them or not, serve a very, very useful purpose. Oh, yeah. And... Whether or not it seems absurd and whether or not it seems just ridiculous, just know that it really isn't because no. it has served a purpose of making sure that we survived and it's not a game. Yeah. It's not pretend. It is. It was necessary for us to survive our life. It's like I want to give an example because what you just said was really important about how it may seem ridiculous, but it's not. There's a reason behind it. So I guess I want to give an example of that. So let's go back real quick to animal altars. Yes. Okay. So our system has an altar that is a cat. Now, this altar was created when we were about five or six years old and... Our mother, who was one of our main abusers, um, she would not be affectionate with us, would not play with us, would not be kind to us, except when she asked us to pretend to be a cat. Which was very strange, obviously, but it was what it was, and so we would pretend to be a cat. And this developed into a separate self-state. Because it became the self that got love and affection from mom. Mom, the abuser, was sometimes kind to us, but only as a cat. So we have a cat altar, and that is why he exists. And it may sound ridiculous. Like, oh, you have a cat? What does that even mean? What does that look like? Why? That's absurd. And it's like, it's not absurd. This is a thing that was created in childhood for a very good reason. A painful reason. Yeah. So that's a thing. That might kind of point out what's what we're talking about. Yes. I mean, and, it, and you know, we go into non-human 
alters mm -hmm. and it's just the same you know some people may have fairies and unicorns and you know I don't know it's it's such a spectrum when you're of a what little kid, people need exactly what you needed to survive as a little kid yes so you know I guess moving forward it's about being respectful I'm very much about respecting people, believe it or not. Yeah, it is. It's about respect. Respect for everyone in the system. And um, all the roles that they play. Because even the ones who sabotage, even the ones who don't want to be there, the ones that are sad, the ones that are happy, like they all have a purpose. And they're just trying their best. Yes. They're just trying to protect in their own way that is sometimes a little bit skewed but we should be examples I suppose that anything can happen <laughs> miracles, even persecutors <laughs> miracles do but do happen miracles do come true alright so yeah I hope that we covered everything I know there's quite a long list but I think we covered everything um yeah so Sure, why not? Okay, on that note, thank you for listening. Farewell. So